Hello everybody, how are we? Welcome again to the Mike Race Podcast. The theme, a bit of a jovial, fun theme to the podcast this week. And even before I begin, I had a little bit of resistance to either getting into this vibration, getting into it, because it is something that is really about marrying two things together, marrying two aspects of the mind and I don't pretend or even anticipate that I have all the answers to this yet. It's something that I've, yes, I've begun this new year, 2024. I'm going into a deeper direction with it, but it's the idea of marrying the conscious and the subconscious mind. So what I was getting at with resistance, ever to doing this, before the, the podcast was ready to go, I felt this call, I was driving back from the shops, just creating some more neural pathways of abundance as I was driving my car and visualizing. And I had this idea come up that a big building on this, this type of content that's talked about by not only Neville Goddard, but yeah, I would say specifically Joseph Murphy, Dr. Joseph Murphy, The Power of the Subconscious Mind. And even though I'm not all the way through that book yet, I've been reading and, and picking up little excerpts of it for years. and. It was coming into my awareness as I was visualizing and coming back here. There's two aspects of, of the conscious of the subconscious, you know, the masculine, and the feminine, the yin and the yang, all of which Dr. Joseph Murphy talks about. Is even as I began the podcast, I had the strong desire to want to create, and I went and grabbed a little uh, visualization material item to try to get into that state to, to match that frequency. But I was somewhat forcing it. I was trying so hard to get it. I was pushing against it, even though the inspired desire is coming within to create, to share. At the same time, the old programming, the the unwed partner, we'll call it, in this theme of getting married, marrying the conscious and the subconscious mind, is the warrior ethic needing to have all the brandy points and show how hard I've worked and done things, do it quickly, force, effort, show how much you've done, prove, etc. It was so almost wanting to take over from the subconscious. And the subconscious, our own human I am imagination, that never will call it, our, our divine, our Mary Magdalene, partner to the Jesus Christ, within, you know, the, the Kali energy to Shiva who, who steps on Shiva to kind of just get him out of these manifested forms of devils and demons and, and negative beliefs uh, that keep manifesting. To submit to the subconscious is to give up the warrior and be the king. So yeah, we have a, we have a marriage to celebrate here. We have a, a union that's occurring and as I talked about in last week's podcast it is somewhat of the of the king marrying the magician the mage you know Merlin marrying Guinevere from a, a masculine feminine perspective and Arthur marrying Morgan his feminine counterpart of that masculine self but what is also important to recognize is within Arthur there is also Morgan in Merlin, there's also Guinevere, and both Arthur and Merlin could be seen as the one as Guinevere and Morgan, 
for Avalonian fans can be seen as a one. They're all aspects of their one I am self, but because we live in a reality so geared to archetypes, particularly the one I was just talking about earlier, the warrior one, the, the one who has to prove it against all odds, feels they only can receive once they've done the hard work, done the hard yards, needs to do things really quickly. That was out of harmony for this, this content that was wanting to come forward around marrying the subconscious and the conscious mind. So I'll keep this pretty clear and exact because that is the focus of this. When we're marrying the conscious and the subconscious mind, then I'm not here to replicate Dr. Murphy's book or, or any other books talking about the subconscious mind. Even, you know, The Power of the Awareness by Neville Goddard, awareness is, is somewhat synonymous with the subconscious, the inner I am, but there's also the conscious choosing, the conscious choices. But the ability to choose, to make choices, is, you know, to actually choose ourselves, to choose to marry and unionize the, the masculine and feminine, is connected to how we feel within. And how we feel within is the inner programming of the subconscious mind. So I'm also resting this, this, uh, this phone where I'm doing the recording up against a computer at the moment. And I often talk about, particularly be prosperity conscious, the idea is that the hard drive of the computer is somewhat of the subconscious mind. It's, it's the memory. It's how everything's kind of operating below the surface. But Dr. Murphy, Dr. Joseph Murphy, he talks about the captain of the ship. So the captain of the ship, you know, and he was, this book that he wrote was, oh, I think it was in the 50s or 60s, quite some time ago. There was car and plane travel, but boat travel was pretty popular back then too. He talks about through a boat, you know, the old big steam vessels, which we still see today, you know, at times, is the captain of the ship has to make choices about how the ship's governed. It has to focus. It has the direction. It uses the cardinal points, etc. It manages the staff, the resources. But below the, the ship's surface, you know, in the, in the engine room, etc., they can't see where the ship's going. They can only replicate what's being told to them from the conscious level below, you know, or above or below, depending where the captain's deck is. The captain's deck's usually above, but it, it's not always so straightforward with that. Even though the subconscious mind is generally seen as sub or subject or below the conscious mind, it's not necessarily a, a height-wise or above. You know, you could still say, from another perspective, the, the Dr. Murphy talks about, the seed in the soil is the seed is yes it comes from above when it's dropped in the soil but then the soil is ultimately what sprouts above and the, and the seed is below so the idea is actually below that comes forward so it's actually and it's a similar thing with manifestation that when we have the idea yeah the idea probably seems like normally you know that the captain metaphor the captain is above the ship and is giving the orders to the below where they can't see what's going on, but because they're a hardwired program, like a computer that is designed to replicate the, the instruction, the keyboard, the apps, the, the, the instructions of the conscious mind, of the monitor, etc., that works in harmony with the subconscious. For the seed and the idea, it, it's, they're not actually that separate. Because even the seeded idea ultimately is connected to if you're wanting to manifest more love into your reality, quite likely you have been feeling a lack of love or maybe you've just you've had these experiences in your reality where you've perhaps pushed it away.
So it almost like the, the, the soil, as I'm getting with the metaphor with the seed, is yes, the seed goes below the surface and then it brings forth the manifestation. The idea is, is within and then we focus on it seemingly external, you know, we might use affirmations or listen to content like this, read books like The Power of the Subconscious Mind, but ultimately the, the desires that are inspired within us are also connected to our background, our experiences. So there's always this symbiotic relationship to the conscious and subconscious mind. But my premise is that a lot of our suffering that many of us experience in reality or, or even the inability to either experience or feel suffering, to just stay in the straight and narrow and not, and move, not move in alignment with our inspired desires, instead try to numb or squash them, it's because we had this this programming or fear or story that we inherited that tells us we can't change our reality. And so we haven't got the energy or awareness to either balance the masculine and the feminine. So this marriage that we're, we're talking about, particularly on the awakening journey, and I was thinking about this in the car, is to keep it very focused, again, coming back to this premise, is with reality change, it's really about understanding the law of attraction. So, yep, our, how our thoughts focus on things, and the more we focus on them, we bring them into our reality. And the identity that is driving those thoughts, you know. And I was initially thinking when I thought about this in the car, I would say, for the example, I've just bought this new suit. By the suit that I wear, the, the car that I drive, the foods that I eat, I choose, I make it all these cho choices. Again, not saying that the subconscious doesn't have that effect on it because there's always, they're always in partnership, but more of the, of the conscious choices that I'm making, those choices that I, I have and I can make in my reality, ultimately are somewhat like choosing the thoughts, you know? They, they are actually choosing what we focus on. Because when I dress well, or I speak well, or I put myself in an environment that feels safe, you know, and that might even be choosing a safe job where I can build into a career, that safety becomes somewhat self-fulfilling, and those choices can be, you get a certain momentum, as with the law of attraction, and we keep getting that replicated that reality. But what's actually happening with this is the choices to choose to focus on prosperity, to choose to focus on well-being, feeling good, feeling inspired, is ultimately about uh, allowing the identity the, to actually create the changes. So from this perspective, I was initially thinking the forms and the thoughts would be somewhat of the masculine, the conscious, and the identity would be somewhat subconscious. But yeah, you could swap them around. You know, you could actually say it's the identity that drives the thoughts, you know. Similar thing with, I've seen a few ads around this with, with uh, particularly on YouTube, with, you know, with body mindset and I know a lot of you know I had a real I guess exercise focus growing up and I've always somewhat had that focus and I know when people begin a new fitness regime you know that it can help to visualize the end goal you know you have a certain target etc and we, we might you know might say we've got to do these things and that's why a coach could be really important but unless there's that identity that sees ourselves as, as, as fit, healthy, and active, unless that can be worked out, or at least if it's not already established, it can be actually just 
little steps can be built into it or a quantum shift to see ourselves in that way, the actions that we do will not, be, you know, we won't be able to do. We can try. It's like we, we might want to get out of, out of bed at 5.36 o'clock in the morning because we know that, the, you know, the, the consciousness is clearer. The energy is easier to navigate because it's less thought clutter. And we know we can get onto affirmations and we can create all these things. But if the subconscious mind doesn't feel worthy, it's still playing out the story, you're not good enough or you can't do these things, it stops the body from getting out of bed. So there's always this relationship between the two. But when I'm talking about this marriage, you know, it's like the more energy or awareness that we bring to these is the a greater ability we can discern to keep these in harmony, you know? And while I'm using terms like masculine and feminine and conscious and subconscious mind, yin and yang, you know, they're all, yes, they're separate aspects, like left or right-handed, left or right brain, you know. It's all about unionizing them together. So even when I separated this idea of the law of the attraction, for conscious manifestation, the law of the attraction, simply focusing what you want into your reality, you've got to really make sure that you feel worthy of receiving what you're asking for. And it's a, it's a big gap that I feel a lot of us miss, you know. This is the little uh, epiphany I was getting as I was driving back here. That, you know, we can, uh, particularly my, one of my early books, for example. The Essential Code. You know, all about consciously changing your reality, working with your set of masters and raising your vibration, you know. So it has a real inner focus, you know, even though uh, um, the early chapters about setting external goals, ultimately the ability for the external goals to manifest is about how well we, we manifest it within. And there's chapters in there around unconscious attachments and personal responsibility, you know, being, hum being humble, letting go, while also taking personal responsibility. It's a constant balancing of the, the masculine and the feminine. But you don't have to get there through, you know, to consciously change your reality. <laughs> it can be really helpful to realize at some point, yeah, I talked about that with law of attraction and, you know, focusing on changing your reality through simply being aware of what we focus on. The paradox of this is, is it's a lot easier to change it, you know, when we actually feel worthy of receiving what we're asking for. So that's where the shadow healing comes into the subconscious relationship. And that's what I've been really building on perhaps the last year or two, particularly with the podcast. The podcast initially, while it talked about trauma and law of attraction and everything that I do talk about in the Essential Code, you, I could argue that the chapter on unconscious attachments, I think it's about chapter 10, you know, it's probably been that big focus of the, on the podcast the last year or two because unconscious attachments are the belief systems that are happening below the surface, below the ship, the submarine, where the engine room, they might not be, the, they might not be getting good pay for their, their job to work on the ship, you know? The captain's setting all these instructions about, yeah, let's, I am worthy of this house, I'm worthy of these relationships, I'm worthy of all these, all these things, you know? And he, he's sending that instructions to the body, but the body 
Everybody has got trauma stories, victim loops, uh, a lot of unforgiveness, uh, past relationship trauma, a lot of things that have happened to many of us on this on this awakening journey to actually help us awaken. It's almost like we have to throw them overboard, you know, to clear the clutter from the, the ship, clear out all the lifeboats, and integrate the conscious and the subconscious mind to say that we're worthy of receiving for it to manifest. So you probably noticed this also, a lot of people get into law of attraction, you know, they, they want the home, the car, and the relationship. And I know particularly for me when I worked with Sedjuco, I you know, I'd been working that for a few years and I set goals and they all manifested. But my ability to keep those things, you know, was actually very difficult. I, I found I was able to manifest them within three to six months, but within the next six months they'd all moved on. And so I had to find a, a more solid foundation, a bedrock. So people can often come to the law of attraction space and they watch movies like The Secret and, you know, they, they come across Esther Hicks on the law of attraction. And she keeps it very simple and, you know, repetition is the key. Have the desire, you know, uh, what you ask and is given so that you let it go to the universe and you match the vibration of it and eventually it arrives. So it's a very simple premise. But the ability of people to ask and then trust, have faith that it is given, that it is received, is limited by their, their worthiness of the moment. You know, often we are, we are led to ask for things that we really, really, really want, you know. But if we're really, really wanting it, we don't have the vibration and it's already here, do we? You know, and we might have come into this space with, yeah, this is a really cool premise. And we might, you know, people, I've heard people, they can be a lot more detached, things like a car park. That's something that I usually have a lot of success with, you know, because a car park's not as important as a big house or the car of the relationship. Oh, you know, I trust to get that car park. So you, you apply the same techniques of Esther or the secret, etc., And you just say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to ask for the car park at the shops, an easy car park. I you know, I've got to, let go because it's not that big a deal if I don't get one, and then I will, and then I will get in the vibration that's already answered. And so the car park arrives, doesn't it? And then you can get little things on what Florence Scaldale Shin talks about with with hats and the money arriving, and all these things start happening where, yeah, you you can really just ask and let go when it arrives. But again, this marriage it needs to take place. And I think that's why a lot of people are missing. While the law of attraction on the one space could be asking, if the identity is not being protected, you know, it's a difficult thing to arrive. You know, and it really depends on what you're asking for. Uh, my example with this, you know, and this is what I'm seeing a lot, and I think I'm a, obviously a creative, I work on books, and I've been you know, meaning a lot more entrepreneurs who are in the artistic space, you know, and they're, they're developing their business. But at the same time, I can see, and I'm aware of the stories, particularly around the artist, the, the artist sometimes is seen as someone who doesn't receive as abundantly as a GP, a doctor, a brain surgeon, a lawyer. It's a story. It's an archetype, you know. It's seen as the art initially is not as, as a, you know, they're not worthy of receiving. But then you can meet artists who produce very similar work, you know, and authors will fit into this, podcasters, creators, speakers, even healers, I feel, is an, there's an artistry with this, you know. Have a look at a lot of the people that are successful, not only online, but in the books you read. 
They're not all, yeah, 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 like, look at me. Most of them are very embodied and it feels natural for them. They all have different personalities. Most of them are not any better or worse from a work perspective than a lot of the other people. But what they've learned to do is the second aspect, you know. They, with the, what they're, they might be focusing on the art, and that's for the direction creating great art. But they've been doing work on the identity where they have perhaps, they might have inherited, and they're positive money conscious already consciousness they might have been you know i've seen this a lot too actors that have been born into a family of actors successful actors and so their parent one of their parents was an actor and they, they made a lot of money so they they looked at you know it's quite easy to receive money in the acting space you know so another perspective and i'm not trying to riff too much but it's very clear with this and if you just be patient with me you'll, you'll see where i'll go with this is Yes, when we can choose, I want to write the book, I want to create the podcast, I want to have the fashion line, I want to have, be a relationship expert, I want to be a coach that helps people heal their reality. You have all these desires, and it's an inspired desire within. But it's really important to work at that identity level that is actually already doing those things. Is already embodied in those things? Is already worthy of receiving? And I think what happens with this, you know, is that it's the same person... You know, as I said earlier, marrying the two aspects. The same person that creates the art is worthy of receiving the art. But the frequency that attracts abundance, you know, prosperity and financial success into a lot of these fields is not always synonymous with the art, the artist who, who doesn't look at money so positively, who perhaps dresses a little, you know, plainly. Whose, whose speech, you know, perhaps they have a lot of alcohol or drug use that is, can be connected with musicians and, and creatives, etc. There can be a lot of these patterns that while they might have an ability to connect with their, their at least initially their audience to some of the music or content they create or listen to, but the ability to receive it is about it, like creating an identity of success, an entrepreneur. So that's really the, the trick around this, you know. I like using the word trick, uh, really embodying the magician archetype of the, of the, the, you know, the major arcana of the tarot, is for the fool to come full circle to their heart path, they come out as the magician. And the magician is ultimately one who's actually gone through the whole journey of awakening, whole, you know, whole identity shift experience. They came out of the king and queen, and then, then they become the Merlin, the Morgan archetype, who can receive from their gifts, because on the other side of Morgan is Guinevere, and the other side of Merlin is Arthur. They're, they're a magician frequency. But ultimately, in, in today's terms, we, don't, we might think of a magician and grab it out of the hat. Magician is the entrepreneur. Magician is the successful, creative business owner. It's someone who can create, turn, uh, you know, the, the metaphor of the alchemist by Paolo Coelho and, and the magician frequency is turning base metal into stone. Turning an idea that they have, an inspired idea, into gold. But it's not really putting it on a pedestal or seeing it as out there. It's really marrying the two aspects of the conscious and subconscious mind. You know, getting married to the masculine feminine parts of ourselves. And this is the interesting thing that as we unionize ourselves, alchemize ourselves, then we attract more and more of these resources, people that reflect that back to us. But I feel that's probably part of that gap, that people seem to be one or the other. You know, I've met a lot of entrepreneurs who have that entrepreneurial spirit, but perhaps they haven't yet really brought forth the creative idea. 
They might be more of the, the Arthur aspect, the king, queen aspect. They have the certain level of wealth and abundance, you know. They have good money ideas, but their ability to be entrepreneurial, to create something new, is limited because they haven't opened up the heart of access to subconscious mind, you know. So it's this funny thing, particularly on the entrepreneurial journey, I think most of my work has been geared to conscious entrepreneurs on this pathway. And if you're watching or and or listening to this at the moment, I think quite likely this is for you also, that the success of being an entrepreneur, yes, it, it's a journey, isn't it? You know, whether you're Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Elon Musk, the, more, uh, the big tech companies, all of them, you might think from, a, from an external perspective, it's about systems and, and even the other one, Steve Jobs, and that you would think they're all about systems and processes, etc., or they had big money around them. My experience is most of them were very entrepreneurial, they were working with their subconscious mind, which is intuition. So they made a lot of their decisions, what people call based on gut or, or persistence and inner knowing. But that inner knowing is ultimately our direct connection to the spirit. You know, our inner shamanistic magician, entrepreneur. So the, the hidden secret of the entrepreneur is that they really are a magician. But ultimately, how well the, the entrepreneur recognises their magical qualities and allows us, themselves to receive is how well they balance the masculine feminine within. If they create a body and perceive that they are an entrepreneurial being worthy of receiving and that, that expression of whatever that service or product offering is, it's alchemised with abundance. Thanks again for being a part of this. Yeah, I feel all of my books will help with that, with this experience of really grounding into that entrepreneur state. The Essential Code is really designed to raise one's vibration to access those alchemical abilities, ultimately to work with the subconscious to heal and raise our vibration. Because when we raise our energetic frequency, we can become more aware of these unconscious attachments, these limiting thoughts which can restrict us. From another perspective, the identity shifting space, I think we know that law of attraction is we get what we think about. Most of you who are coming to this content are aware of the law of attraction and you've been practicing affirmations and meditations, etc. And while they are, they're all helpful because it's like they're the conscious act, they're the, conscious, the subconscious needs to be in harmony. But if it's not being felt, if, if the seed is not being reaching the soil, which is sitting on top of the soil, there's a gap, isn't there? And part of that gap might be as simple as, yeah, you're doing the affirmations, but you're doing them in your PJs, and or you're saying this won't work for me. You're not really in a vibration of, of imagining or envisioning what you're affirming to the universe. Because whatever you're affirming from a magical, alchemical focus, you've got to be receiving. You've got to be embodying. Bye for now.